Why is there an owl looking at me? Do you know, you, you are by far not the first people to ask me about the owl. Is it because you have an owl in your fucking profile picture? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. And it's a built-in owl. It's one of the default Apple OS X owls. Are you fucking kidding? I'm <laughs> not in any way kidding you. It is one of the default account icons you can get in OS X. It's an owl that fucking stares into your soul. Yep. Yep. So apart from being assaulted by an owl, how are you, gentlemen? Pretty good. Pretty good. Later. Much later. Yes, I saw the pictures. Yeah. You're a freak. I know. I know. I'm scared. It's terrifying. Well, I've had, I've had the best review from Mike so far, which is when I when I had the glasses off, he said I look like Mr. Burns. <laughs> and when I had the glasses on, he said I look like Troy. Which one of those was more terrifying to you? Yes. Welcome to World Lost Stage One. I'm going to kill Jack. <laughs> and I'm I'll Irish. see him this weekend, so I will kill him. Yeah. Oh shit, shit, shit. Shall we try that again? <laughs> Hello and welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Simon, and with me as ever are Jack. Hello! And Jack. Hello. And no Michael this week. Yeah, I'm Jack. No as Michael usual. Still at work, I think. Yeah. My He's a is busy person. Yeah. He does not have a day off until the wedding, I believe. Good lord. Yeah. He, all shift he, was, at work, stuff. he was at work 13 hours yesterday. That does not sound fun. No. Got there at three in the afternoon, left at four in the morning. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Jesus. So basically, it's not been good for Mike. But hopefully soon, normal service shall resume. This is normal service. Your normal service. <laughs> Hopefully soon we'll have the abnormal service of having Mike on an episode and not joining yeah. us from the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> now that was pretty much the epitome of World 1 Stage 1 class. <laughs> Actually, that really was. It summed us up quite nicely. Yeah. Well, that was the same episode I claimed people were like intimidated by my sexual magnetism or something. I believe it was, yes. Yeah. So it was a good, it was a good day. It was a good episode. Yeah. Mm. But what have, what have y'all folks been doing this week? Don't all answer at once now. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I've been getting ready for my wedding on the weekend. You're getting married? I know, right? Holy shit. Can I come? Yeah. Oh, thank Can you. I come? Oh, I suppose. Journey's a maid of honor, I suppose. So. Yeah, go on, Ninja. Oh, shit, I was hoping being getting out of saying a speech. I just want that on record <laughs> as well, by the way, because it's pretty cool. Uh, that wasn't a joke that Jack is no. the maid of honour. No, it's true. No. I am the maid of honour. I just like, wanted yeah, that absolutely seriously. clear for our listeners, because that is really cool. Yeah, I, I didn't know if people yeah. knew that, but I am, I'm going to be the maid of honour at Irish's wedding. Yeah. I am so looking forward to like seeing that, your dress. I will have the second prettiest dress. But seriously, when you put it like that, it does sound, sound kind of awesome. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? But everything about your wedding sounds awesome, naturally. Yeah. But of course, the most awesome thing is, I'm going to be there. 
<laughs> yes, of course. That's the most. That's the most amazing thing about it. Yeah, I mean, after this, I can officially say I now do weddings. I'm now available for weddings. <laughs> We're now available for weddings. Of course, what is the trope about the maid of honour at a wedding? Um, that I have to uh, get taken away by the Queen of the Fairies? Well, that's not really the trope, but yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of the origin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the Jen trope. Just reminded me. Jen just reminded me. You've got to dance with the best man. Yeah, you do. No, it's, no, it's a dance with the uh, father of the bride, isn't it? As well. Oh shit! I'm gonna dance with yeah. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sucks be to Alex and Nigel then, because <laughs> I don't know if you've seen how I dance. <laughs> well, apparently, just 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 formed me. You got a bri- uh, dance with the father of the bride, the father of the groom, the groom, and the best man. Can I just narrow that down to the groom and the best man? <laughs> Probably, because yeah, Nigel Nigel has waived his right to be have a dance with me. <laughs> I'm so making sure there's plenty of room on my phone for video. Hells yeah. <laughs> I've got the big one as well, the 64 gig. That can hold a lot of video. Nice. <laughs> it's holding a whole lot of wedding. And slow-mo at that. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be pretty intense. We're going to have so many stories next episode. Ooh, I wonder if I'll have a good camera again before the wedding. It's not long. Mm, by the time, like, I have plans. By the time most of our listeners will be listening to this, because most of our listeners don't listen to us live, by the time most of them will listen to this, it might be after the wedding. It probably will be, considering I haven't put up last week's episode yet, so that'll be going up this week, and this will be going up next oh, week. shit. If you're listening to this in October, Irish is married. Yeah, he is. Barring yeah, a yeah, terrible yeah. tragedy. <laughs> oh, shit, wait. So, married. so he's married. Shit, how was it? Uh, awful, terrible. Was, oh, service was great. Awful. Are you ever going to forgive service, Jack? <laughs> no, I'm never going to forgive Jack. The service is great. We had a great time. Then Jack really fucked up. So. I, uh, um, I. One moment. <laughs> Kim, is that you? Sent me a message. Yeah. S- sending a message to me. I sent you a message yesterday. Oh, okay. I I just got a message from an unknown number just saying I'm okay with this. <laughs> Oh, I think it might be Lex. That's deliciously sinister, but it's probably about yeah, being danced really with. Yeah, weird. I just realised it might be Alex. Okay, okay. Yeah. Seeing as he's also put <laughs> I'm okay with this in the chat room. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I literally just got a text that just said, I'm okay with this from an unknown number. <laughs> wow. Shit, I probably should have, like, you know, saved his number instead of deleting the message. Shit. Oh. <laughs> You're a Dick. genius. Oh, well, live and learn. Oh, dear Lord. So, in yes. other news, other, th- other than the awesomeness of the wedding, um, I found something arguably as awesome. Go on. Cheeseburger stuffed crust. That sounds revolting. It, it's amazing. It's like a pizza in the shape of like a flower, and then at the edges of all the, the things, it's like a burger patty mixed in with the with the dough, and then topped with cheese. That still sounds awful. You are not also okay with this, Simon. Stop texting me. Oh damn it! You do have my old number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. See, if this were a convention right now, someone would be putting my phone number up somewhere. But luckily it's not. They do have Twitter. Don't you dare. (laughs)
So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Irish is getting married. I'm you've, getting employed. And you've eaten cheeseburger stuffed crust. I found a delightful new place for lunch. Jenna, that text doesn't yeah. even make any sense. <laughs> What's she text you? She's texted me, who says we haven't? That's, that's really not even weird. a full sentence. What? <laughs> what? That's not even, what does that even mean? <laughs> about the, what? About the mobile number? She's fucking losing it over in the corner over there. Oh, uh, away like she hasn't yet. already put your number up somewhere. It's losing something in translation because uh, of the delay, I think. Yes. But oh my fucking god. She's, she's just giggling to herself like a maniac in the corner. <laughs> now she's flailing her arms. You, you paid quite uh, So anyway. Okay. Simon, you found somewhere. Simon, what have you done? Yes. What, I, what have you done of note this? Some time ago, I was... Uh, Oh, where was I? Somewhere in the city. And in a galaxy I, far, far away. Mm, well, London. It's much the same. Yeah. And I found a, a little Richard place. Hyde, villain. True that. I found a little place down a side street called Hermann the German. <gasps> and it was a Wurst specialty place. It sells Wurst and Schnitzel. That's its thing. And I thought, I'll have to come right. back here one day and try this. Then I found they'd opened one in Soho, just like 10 minutes walk from my office. Genius. So I went there for lunch today. Oh, it's so good. It's proper imported German Wurst. Had a pork and veal bratwurst with sauerkraut, grilled onions, and something called Fritz Cola, which is Fritz, F-R-I-T-Z, Cola with a K. Um, if you can find this, and I've seen it in like import sweet shops like Cyber Candy and stuff, well worth a try. It's a bit weird. They call it Cola for grown-ups. It's got half the sugar and three times the caffeine. Genius. It's kind of delicious. Mm. So I will be going back there for delicious sausage. <laughs> See, yes. I don't know if that's more, I don't know how much, if that's much more sinister now looking at your Skype avatar. Well, my owl. Your, your owl. Owls, saying, <laughs> your, your owl. Your owl and it going delicious sausages. <laughs> <laughs> I like owls. Owls are cool. Owls are awesome. They're fucking idiots, but they're cool. Yes, they are. They really are. Yeah. So, so cola, cola, hamburger pizzas, and weddings. I think it's yes. safe to say we've had an equally productive. Week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I got something. Another thing. Um, went to doctors with Jen on Monday for a. To see the midwife about the baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm? Oh, it was Friday. Sorry, Friday last week. Oh, you see, you collapsed. That's it. Yeah. Because you should be off um, work, Jen. That's why. But um, it went fine. She had a su- surprise blood test put on her though. She's like, yeah. She's like, ah, oh, okay. And you know, Jenna doesn't do needles. So that was fun. She's very brave and did that. But um, then yesterday, she almost passed out at work. She's not having a good week. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll end well. It'll end Indeed. well. With a new beginning. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And hopefully there's some time off work coming. Because seriously. Well, she's got her last day tomorrow. And then she starts her holiday on Thursday. I have to work through to, to Friday. And Friday, I'm off 
And then it's like, yeah, time off for honeymoon and shit. Yep. Two weeks of just nothing. It's going to be awesome. That does sound good. It's not just nothing. Would you get fucking married? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> possibly, possibly going to New York for the honeymoon, depending Ooh. on how it works out. Oh, I'm jealous. New York is amazing. And uh, so we're like, oh, wow, New York. So I check out all the food, you know, sights, sounds. Do I want to go to Broadway, see a show? I don't care about any of that. I just want to go to the Pokemon Center. There's a Pokemon Center? There was. Yeah. Still is there. I think, dude, I think, I think that closed down like 10 years ago. No. Still going. Because it was closed when I was there. It had been closed for years. Nah. Oh, shit. Have I just ruined everything? Sorry, no. I'm sure WWE New York is still running. <laughs> I wanted to go there, too. Oh, right. It's... It's not the Pokemon Center anymore. It's the Nintendo store. No, it's like a Nintendo store or something. Yeah. It's ah. Yeah. Oh, it's that just, one. Yes. The, um, Nintendo World in New York. Yeah. 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 That I do That's know, yeah. Although, Simon, um, I, I, I realize, you know, you don't watch as much wrestling as you used to and so on. No, not um, anywhere near as much. No. But uh, TNA are no longer going on the road. They are buying a new venue, uh, much like the Impact Zone originally. Goodness me. Um, and they basically narrowed it down, apparently, to New York. They can afford property in New York? Apparently. Well, it's, everyone's gone, it's going to be in New York, and we know for a fact it's not going to be Madison Square Garden because yeah. it's TNA. Also, so, no one really owns Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and it, it basically is like, so... Well, obviously... Is anyone using the Hammerstein at the moment? Ooh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That was a cool thought. I just thought that'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know who they would put in it because from what I can tell of TNA's budget, if they buy a building, they'll have to fire everyone. Yeah. Because they don't have that's any true. money. Or they could just fire Hogan. That's that's not a bad idea anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they could just do that anyway. Yeah. Also, uh, Irish, when you when you go to New York, I, I sincerely wish that it is open. What, New York? Yeah. As opposed <laughs> to being shut down for bad weather. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it isn't shut down for tropical storms. Hopefully, yeah. Well, there aren't yeah. any at the moment that I'm aware of. Yeah, there weren't any late until the day we left for New York <laughs> last year. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, <laughs> right, speaking of New York property prices, I saw the most disgusting list the other day this is completely relevant to nothing apart from the fact that i'm trying to look at buying property in london which has a similar problem and it was comparing the prices of various properties in new york city with castles mostly in france right so it was comparing for example this 12 bedroom 12 bathroom two point uh two and a half thousand acre castle costs the same as this four-bedroom brownstone in uh, the Bronx. Wow. Or like this this sort of uh, one-and-a-half-million-pound castle uh, with eight bedrooms costs the same as this one-bedroom flat whose kitchen can't really fit a table in it. God damn. Yeah, it made me so depressed because I was like, oh, that's like all the places where I want to live. So you, let's get a castle. Well, no, I can't afford the castle or the flat. That's why I'm sad. But if we all pull together, if we all pull together, we could get, like, the mushroom castle. We could get a mushroom. Oh, okay, we get a great big turnip in the country. A great big turnip? What happens yeah. to the mushroom? 
I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm allergic to mushrooms, I'm okay with this, but yeah. the plan changed wildly without consultation. Oh shit! Sorry, I dropped beer on beer. I, there was a loud clink. Yeah, I dropped a beer bottle onto another beer bottle. I, I was going to say, that makes more sense of the sound I heard than beer falling on beer, which would be more of a yeah. wet sound. I, dro- I dropped one beer bottle. Well, technically I dropped one beer bottle onto five other beer bottles. Jack, Luckily, the other five- do we what? need to talk? We are talking. About the number of empty beer bottles strewn around your computer. They're not strewn, they're, they're very easy, they're very, like, neatly laid out. And also they're empty, so it's okay. <laughs> no, Nothing them being spill. empty is not an improvement. Yeah, it is, so they won't spill anywhere. Where did the beer go, Jack? Well, by now, I think, like, in a septic tank somewhere deep beneath Cheltenham. I don't really know how the water system works. It's been a really <laughs> long time since I did geography. That was an unexpectedly detailed answer. I know, right? <laughs> The human body converts liquids into pee, which is admittedly another kind of liquid, but, you know. I'm, doing, I'm giving a biology lesson to our, to our listeners there. Beer goes in, pee comes out. Uh, you, can, you, too buy, well, you two can build, buy the World 1 Stage 1 Jack doll. <laughs> don't buy the World 1 Stage 1 Jack doll. It's a terrible disappointment. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> Beer goes in, pee comes out. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's times like this that I wish we made (laughs) t-shirts. We can make t-shirts. Yeah, I know. Nothing stops you from making a t-shirt. But I don't think anyone wants to buy a World on Stage 1 Beer Goes In, Pee Comes Out (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. I I do. Certainly not enough people to justify a print run. I don't know. I'm I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that would buy a Beer Goes In, Pee Comes Out shirt. I'll try and distribute them at the wedding. I'll tell you what, if enough <laughs> listeners write in and say that they want a Beer Goes In, Pee Comes Out t-shirt, I will organise a print run. Uh, Bear in mind, you have to any- want to pay for it, and there will, be <laughs> there will be shipping involved. Oh my god, I finally got an idea for a Kickstarter. Well, it's not really a Kickstarter, wow. but yeah, I suppose we could do it on Kickstarter if you wanted. Yeah. No one would bid. <laughs> I would. Please Kickstarter, Beer Goes In, Pee Comes Out t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So anyway, <laughs> all this just all this just from you expressing some kind of uh concern that I might have spilled beer. No, that wasn't the concern. It was a concern to me. The concern was do you need to drink six bottles of beer before you can do a show with us? No. I don't need to. <laughs> well that's good then. I you know, like but I don't need to not do. Anyway. Wait a minute. Sorry. I think we are waiting a minute. For what in particular, though? I, I miscounted. <laughs> what? Which is confusing, and then I realised where one had gone. It's okay. P-shirts! Anyway, um, so, we did actually get a, t- we did actually get a, 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 a link earlier, didn't we? Did we? We could have, we did get a segue earlier. Did we? Oh, we were yes. talking about the tropes of weddings. I was, yes. Largely because so, I just wanted to talk what? about you... Uh, well, dancing with people was one thing, but I was also meaning about how the, the bridesmaids the, the and the maid of honour do tend to sleep with people. Oh, okay. Um, well, funnily enough, so, you know, the tropes of weddings leads us quite nicely onto our show today. <laughs> it does. Random you know, sexual proclivities of Jack, less so. Uh, true. Al- although, I, huh. I don't know, I could probably still try and work that in if you like. I don't feel like you have to. What's that? Don't feel like you have to. Okay, okay. I'll save that for sweeps. 
<laughs> so Simon, what's today's episode? You don't want to deal with fan mail first? I say fan mail. fan mail. Listener mail? I, I feel it's presumptuous to call them fans. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we have all these fa- we have all these listeners. We have all these people who have heard us speak. <laughs> but we do. We have a couple of bis- <laughs> uh, bits of listener mail to talk about. Good Lord. Then let's listen to the listener mail. Our first listener mail comes from Leah, who writes, Hello all at World on Stage 1, some of whom I know quite well. Sounds sinister. Just want to say I'm really happy you're recording podcasts again. I was pointed in your direction after you recorded the one about controllers last year and loved it so much I set about devouring all of your older podcasts. Then I cried all the tears because there weren't any new ones. I never seem to be available to listen to the show live, but being able to download the shows and listen to you all on my daily commute or while I'm traveling to places that are more interesting than work again has made me a happy kitty. On which note, though, why isn't last week's episode on the website? You're not going to stop uploading them, are you? Sad face. Anyway, well, actually, we'll deal with that before we move on. No, not going to stop. I will occasionally miss a week, though, due to laziness and or incompetence. <laughs> I was going to chime in there and just say, it's very simple as to why they might be a week late, and it's all Simon's fault. It's not all my However, fault. However, I entirely blame the uh, developers and good people of Rockstar. Uh, it's all their fault. And the peer pressure that encouraged me to actually buy GTA 5 on the console before it came out on the PC. It's those people's fault as well. Okay. Uh, so everyone involved <laughs> but also, in any, any my getting Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, anytime fault. an episode is late, blame Simon. Anytime an episode is early, blame Simon. Anytime an episode is on time, blame Simon. That's true, I suppose. Simon is in charge of getting the episodes up onto the website, which basically is a great thing, because if it were down to either me or Irish... We would still be waiting on like episode five right now, because <laughs> I would have accidentally like deleted half the commentary, and it would have just been like Irish talking to himself. Although he wasn't there on episode five. Oh, well, maybe. But wait, there's more from the letter. Oh, good lord! Anyway, I have a couple of questions, discussion topic ideas, which are as follows, and you may do with them what you will. First, <laughs> have you ever rage quit at any games, and if so, why? And did you ever go back to the game afterwards? For my part, the only game I remember doing it with was Dark Souls. As you undoubtedly know, it's an especially unforgiving RPG in which, amongst other things, you accumulate souls after killing enemies. These souls serve as both your EXP and your currency, and if you die, you lose them all. I was playing quite happily, getting the hang of trying to beat a boss when I made the mistake of heeding my housemate's advice on how to play it. This swiftly got me killed, and I lost 8,000 souls. I was so annoyed at my housemate for backseat gaming, and at myself for following his advice, instead of being stubborn like I usually am, and at the fact that I was being so pissed off on my birthday of all days that I said fuck this game and walked away from it. It took me several months Aww. before I could even think about playing it without seething. But I did eventually go back to it because I'm a stubborn mare and wasn't going to let that damn game beat me in such a pathetic fashion. Funnily enough, now that I know to disregard my housemate's advice, I'm dying a lot less often, and I'm considerably more zen about it when it does happen. How about you guys? I think that is a show topic for a later date. Oh yeah, but we can, we can touch on it a little bit, I guess, in an answer. Hmm. Do you have a, a touch on it answer then? Uh, the most recent game I've ever rage quit was Catherine. Ah, yeah, I think on an episode, let's talk about that at greater length. Yeah, but I was to say, Catherine, I did go back to it and then rage quit earlier than I had done when I first <laughs> rage quit. Um, and I think the only game I've ever rage quit so hard I've never gone back to it have been Final Fantasy games. 
And we'll talk about uh, that on 10, the episode Final Fantasy episode. 10, 10, 12, and 13, respectively. Um, I have rage quit and never gone back to. I'm actually struggling to think of a game I rage quit rather than just sort of complete lack of rage quit. Oh, just sort of got sort of up and then went eh. Yeah, just forgot to keep playing. Yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate, there's another one, Baldur's Gate. Oh, I didn't rage quit Baldur's Gate. I rage quit Baldur's Gate temporarily, so... Because it kept bugging out. Is he fucking falling asleep again? No, his computer might have. Oh. Yes. As a more general topic, a show on indie games, perhaps. Oh, that, that episode is coming. Uh, oh, yeah. The indie I, game episode is coming, especially considering... Ooh, 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 video game-related news. Ooh. Um, the, you know the Humble Bundles? Yes. Have you seen the Humble Indie Bundle that was out recently? Yes, I did, with Fez and FTL. Uh, Limbo was in there, I believe. Um, yeah, I didn't I pay a lot of attention because I owned them all already. Yeah, well, I, I, I've i got the whole thing here because, you know, I bought it. Um because, yeah, for $5, uh, Rocket Birds, Hard Boiled Chicken, A Virus Named Tom, Bastion, Limbo, Trine 2, Mark of the Ninja, Eats Munchies, uh, Brutal Legend, FTL Faster Than Light, and Fez, and all the soundtracks for those games. HumbleBundle.com. They are really, really good. You guys need to be aware of these. Yeah. Yes, as Leia writes, I suggest that purely because Bastion, Limbo, Flower, and most recently Journey leapt onto my list of all-time favourite games as soon as I played them, and I find them all more enjoyable and replayable than a lot of AAA games, so I'd like to hear you guys talk about them. Right, that'll do. I hope those are useful to you, and I look forward to future shows, as long as you put them up for download, that is. Well, yeah, like I said, that that show is definitely coming, because I love me some indie games. Oh yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And it will be available for download, because... That's not a thing we've stopped at all. No. We also have another uh, bit of listener mail, which I feel like we we ought to wait for Jack for. But we can read it first and then see what his reaction is. Oh, I almost hear you, Jack. I hear hear, hear you speaking. You hear me? Yes. Yes, I hear you. You hear me? I hear you. Aha. Hello. 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 Welcome back, sir. Cheers. I'm glad you're back, because this one involves you. Oh. Hey guys, Jenna here. As two certain Hi, people are getting married this weekend, what are your favourite couples in video games or your favourite romantic couples moments? Video games. Hmm. Again, I kind of want to do an episode on this. I want to do romance in video games. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. We kinda, All right, cool. Uh, we kind of touched again, on it in visual novel, but... Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's so many genres of game that have romance as a feature that we haven't talked about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of romances when it comes to the RPGs, isn't there? So, um, hmm. favorite couples in video games. Um, most of them do come from RPGs. Um, I would say uh, Beatrix and Steiner from Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, um, and also uh, Guardsman Donic and uh, Aveline. Oh yeah, in Dragon Age Two. Just watching that go from the early days of the relationship and so on. Hmm. And being involved in setting it up as well. Exactly. And watching it and setting it up and knowing it's, it's not the protagonist that's sort of the, the center of it all. It's just sort of, you've got to try and help guide these people. And it, I really, really like that. And they were it's so... one of my absolute favorite things about Aveline is that she is a romance character, but not for you. Yeah. It's amazing. But you do get involved because you help her. And if you want to, and indeed, if she wants you to, and I, I just love it. And they're so adorable together because they're so rubbish. <laughs> 
Um, that's probably going to be my favorite romance um, outside of like player-led romances, like say any of the other Bioware uh, romances. Well, actually, example, my favorite romance is a Bioware romance that isn't player-led as well. Oh, Garrison Tali. No, Tali mine. <laughs> <laughs> I even have my um, my action figures of Garrison Tali stood together uh, romantically because that's such you a cute little couple. Weird- you tell him to get his weird Dextro DNA robo bird hands off my waifu. Who is also Dextro DNA, which is why they're a way better match. Because, yeah, no one's ever heard of the phrase opposites attract. When it's opposites who are actually physically bad for each other, like biologically allergic, that's not a great thing. Shut up. Also, my shepherd and James Vega, even though he didn't want it to be a thing, although that wasn't really romance. That was slightly... It's incredibly creepy. It's in the Citadel DLC. They finally added the ability for Shepard to sleep with Vega. Um, But I wouldn't say it was romance. Because it's just a bit of dialogue at the start of the party when Shepard is like, no beating around the bush, James, what will it take? And he's like, for me to be drunk enough to forget you're my CEO. And then there's just (laughs) loads of conversations throughout the night of, so how drunk are you? Are you drunk enough yet? And you just keep pressuring him until he's like, okay, let's, let's do this. Cause I'm scared. That's incredibly sinister. It's so, so creepy. It's not romance, but it's hilarious. Um, and awkward. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really comfortable labeling that as romance. No. no, that's what I'm saying. It's not romance. There's nothing romantic about it, but it is a really interesting characteristic you can give Shepard. Yeah. Because Shepard I mean, just doesn't allow obstacles to get in her way. And that's true, a horrific example of it. That, I mean, uh, are we just going to look at this at the face value thing of you get him so drunk that he consents? Yes. That's kind of problematic for me. It's problematic for me too. But then again, yeah. that's why I like it being in there. Huh. Because they've not just um, made this sugar-coated version of everything every romance is fine they've it's, gone uh, yeah, yeah actually if you want shepherd to be a douche shepherd can be a douche Ooh. what was that so yeah that's not a favorite romance Irish? But it's quite an interesting moment hmm? did, did no one else hear that i did say what that, that sound that sounded like a knife being drawn across a paper thin sole <laughs> <laughs> it might have been my it might have been my mic on my shoulder it was oh, okay 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 Although as for actually more romantic romances, because that one is not. Um, the end of Tomb Raider, without spoiling. Yeah, 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 I agree with that one. The the current Tomb Raider, not the original. Varric Bianca. Yes, absolutely. Um, again, Mario and the princess. One, but the um, I was going to say the the dwarf noble. Um, what's it called? The dwarf noble uh, start from Dragon Age Origins. Your uh, your shield man or whatever it is mm. that's a, that's an interesting one i thought showdown anyway sh- showdown i quite like um uh, it's, not in, it's not in the game it's me and Shodan. oh uh, i see okay right i've got one which isn't isn't so much it it's from more of a trailer to the game but it's from borderlands 2 and it's krieg for maya <laughs> yeah <laughs> Again, he's adorable and shit. Yeah. For a eight foot tall kilomagic. Yep. That would do it, I think. Yep. 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 And of course, Batman and the Joker. Naturally, yeah. 
I'm trying to, there's, there's got to be another one I'm thinking, like, just in the back of my head right now. Yeah, me too. It's I'm there. racking my brain going, there are some really good ones. There, there is one and it's right in the back of my head. And it's just like, I know I've had many, many, many conversations about this and going, this is the ultimate romance in something. And it's, it's just not coming to the forefront right now. So I will have to try and remember it by the time we do an episode on romance in World 1 Stage 1. It will be our Valentine's Day special. Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah. We, well, if we're going to have like a um, survival Halloween. Yes. Um, we might as well have, uh, you theme know. shows are coming. Shows. Yeah. This should be that show because this should be the wedding show. But yeah. we didn't plan that anywhere near enough in advance. No. Wait, wait, we're getting married? Yes, didn't you know? Oh shit, uh, I'd best pick out a dress. I thought you already had one. No, no, no. Oh, is the maid of honor dress not going to be sufficient for your wedding? It, 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 it's, it's, it's more of a, a sort of a suit-like dress. Uh, at, at first glance, you may in fact mistake it for a suit. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. But we could do it as the episode after, in honor of the wedding. What's that? The romance episode. I thought it was going to be Valentine's Day. If you'd rather. That's a long way. But that is a long I way away. We'll think of something. Should we do tonight's show tonight? Oh, that's a really good idea. I love doing things in order. How <laughs> that might work. Be, with no fuckery going on. It's about time we dealt with the topic in any way. I mean, if we can't put it off any longer with, with talks of, uh, you know, weddings and romances and... I'm certainly running out of legitimate reasons to put it off. The damn listeners with their questions, their constant questions. And inspiration and ideas and admiration. And, and, and yeah, seriously, guys, please keep sending in more listener mail because it actually gives me a big twinkle in my eye. And if I don't get that twinkle in my eye, the doctor thinks I might, you know, never wake up again. Oh, Pyramid Head and anyone he wants. There's not romance! <laughs> That's the same as the Vega thing. It really is. It's not consent if they don't have a head. <laughs> Seriously, guys. James Vega cool. has a head. Yeah, but the fucking Belma doll monsters don't. So it's not the same. It's just in the same ballpark. Neither of them can consent. One of them's drunk and one of them is just two sets of legs stapled together. <laughs> it's one of the few occasions where James Vega and the Belma doll monster are the in the same sort of... <laughs> pool i guess <laughs> that's a strange association yeah anyway anywho yes. topic topics oh they're my favorite chocolate bar no they're not don't lie they're no one's favorite <laughs> no i don't even remember what they are <laughs> they're awful they only come they only come in tiny little inch long ones now the celebrations you tonight's topic is do you think they still call those fun size even when it's a topic? I guess there's so. nothing fun, fun about that. Well, there's nothing fun about things being that size, really. <laughs> this is very true. I mean, <laughs> even true, depending on the, the thing. I mean, if it were if it were a person at that size, that could be fun. Like, anyway. imagine if you were that size, the sort of things no. you could do. You could like ride on a cat. <laughs> a cat would be fucking enormous if you were an inch long. I know you could ride on it. Oh, like a, no. like uh, riding on it. You just it wouldn't even know you were there. It'd be like riding the sandworm in June. It would be a horrific experience. Are you are you telling me you would not want to ride the mighty sandworm? Goddamn right, I'm telling you that. There's a lot of what? things that happen in June that I wouldn't actually want to do. 
You have no adventure in your soul. I do not want... You, Mr. Viking, have no adventure in your soul. Not a Viking. This is one of the reasons why. I do not want to endure (laughs) the Gomjabor. I do not want to drink the waters of life. I do not want to ride the mighty sandworm. And I do not want to take on the Emperor's fearsome Sadukar army. Is your name a killing word? My name is not a killing word. Oh, shit. Oh, well. Better go find someone else, then. So, today's episode is... Thank God. (laughs) Halfway over. Um, today's episode is tropes in video gaming. Yeah, getting all meta in this shit. Yeah, getting all postmodern in this business. So what I've done is I've loaded up TV tropes, <laughs> and I've gone straight just, to the video game gonna, tropes list. Really? Yep. Are you just going to read off of that whilst no. I go and get another beer? I'm not going to read off of that. I'm I'm going to look through it for some inspiration though. Okay. So, does someone want to explain to me what a trope is? You, you of all people, don't know what a trope is? I don't know a lot of things. That's true, but this is one of the things I thought you would have. Yeah. I mean, he's doing that thing, he's like, doing that thing on the part of the audience. Well, to explain, tropes are devices and conventions that a writer can reasonably rely on as being present in the audience members' minds and expectations. On the whole, tropes are not cliches. The word cliche means stereotyped and trite. In other words, dull and uninteresting. So it's not dull and un- uninteresting, it is something that you can rely upon the audience knowing how it works. So it's like a cliché, but it's a cliché that's fun and interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it's a cliché that's sort of not... Um, Trite and boring. A cliché that's stereotyped. Yeah. So and then of... you can do things with tropes such as inverting them and subverting them and so on. But then there are things that are referred to as tropes that are definitely... Also, cliches and stereotypes. Yeah, I mean, one of the classic tropes in in comic books, uh, which I'd argue is one of the big tropes in video gaming as well, is of course the famous um, woman in the refrigerator. The what? The woman in the refrigerator. Are you not aware of this? I uh, I wasn't aware anyone had been looking in my refrigerator, but um, <laughs> okay. It's a name given to the trope where a female character is killed for the express purpose of motivating... Creating drama. Uh, well, or... motivating the male lead. Right. So you you kill their girlfriend as a way to get to him. It is not about her at all. It is just about the guy. And it's... Because th- these are negative tropes, which are sort of like right. stereotypes. Uh, it was... Um, I think Women in Refrigerators was uh, Gail Simone's website before she became a writer of comics where she detailed all the terrible times that authors had resorted to killing off the girlfriend as a way to motivating the male lead yeah and uh i you know you see this all the time even one of my favorite um comic book arcs guardian devil the daredevil run written by kevin smith contains a fridging of his girlfriend in that when she takes the bullet from bullseye yeah and it's done so that you've then got the scene of Matt Murdock holding her in his arms and looking up to the heavens and vowing revenge. It's it's a pointless death only to motivate the male character that makes the female disposable. Revenge. So we see this in video games quite a lot as well. I suppose, yeah, especially in like, um, well, in any genre really, other than potentially, I guess, simulations. Dead Parents is usually quite a big one as well, isn't it? Yeah. But I'm trying to think if there are tropes that are sort of uh, specific to video games. Because that's a sort of a genre fiction trope. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I try and think of tropes and I just keep coming across like uh, aesthetics and stuff like that. They keep turning up against like things like uh, quick time events. Hmm. I, I tend to think of things like um, escort the AI missions. Yeah. Or the stealth level. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. There's always one, whether it's Scarecrow in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. That was, mission where suddenly, no matter how much of a badass you are, there is a mission where you, if you get spotted, it's game over. Yep. Yeah. The uh, the Boys of Silence in Bioshock Infinite. Who, I mean, yeah. admittedly, it's not automatically game over, but it's definitely not fun. Uh, gun emplacements, that's, that, that would be one, I guess. Oh, yeah, turrets. Ah. Turrets. Turret that's, that's a trope I don't like. Rail shooters, like rail shooting sections. So these are, I guess what we're talking about here are sort of video game mechanics tropes. These are tropes to yeah. how a game is put together. Mm. So we've got to talk about the boss battle. Oh, yeah. Because a boss battle is tropes that contains tropes. No? What? Would you not say this is a trope that contains tropes? It is a, a super trope, as it were. There are there, there are many different ways of doing a boss fight, I suppose, and they can all like the whole fake out or the uh, the boss fight that was actually leading up to the final boss fight. Um, the staggered boss fight. Yeah, yeah. The the, the boss fight that comes in awkward stages. The boss yeah. fight that gets um, easier, harder and then easier. I'm thinking like the Sephiroth. Yeah, I was about to say, well, that jumps to mind is the Sephiroth fights. When it starts off as, you know, monster, then yeah. angel dude, and then him. And then the press X to win. Well, press circle to win, I yeah. guess. Press A. I think, and bosses, of course, are also a, a trope that have been successfully and rather enjoyably subverted as well, as we were talking about the subversion of a trope. Yeah. Which is where you, you lead the player to believe that something is going to conform to a trope, uh, because you can rely on that expectation to be there and then give them something they weren't expecting. Have you all finished Saints Row the Third? Uh, no, I have not. So, <laughs> uh, do you, about it, man. do you mind a, a brief spoiler? Cause it's, it's not really a spoiler at this point and it's not a new game either. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, listeners, put your ears in range of your fingers and then put your fingers in your ears uh, for the next 30 seconds. It's it's one of my favourite um, subverted tropes of the boss fight because the end of Saints Row the Third involves you uh, trying to get at the CEO of a corporation that's been fucking with you this whole time and you're moving through the layers of his personal security. So you've got all of the police forces out after you, all of the stag forces out after you, you go through various sort of mini-bosses, stag commanders fighting the way out the skyscraper to get to his office and the boss battles are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And you walk into the room with the CEO, the final boss fight of the game, and he is a corporate executive. So it is a one-shot kill. Because <laughs> he's just a guy in a uh, suit. Awesome. Saints Row 3? Yeah. Saints Row 2? Is that Saints Row 2? That's Alter Corp. That's the second game. Oh, is that? That was Alter? Wow, it's even yeah, older than I thought it was. I thought that sounded familiar. Because you go up, in number two, you go up the outside of the building in a jet, and then sort of crash through the windows, and then it's a one-shot kill. Because yeah. in number three, it's the... Because number three, it's the choice. Do you go after... Do you go after Killbane and stop yes. him, or do you go and save the guys? No, you're right. It's Saints Row 2. You're absolutely right. I haven't yeah. played either of them in a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
but yes, it's still a, a wonderful moment of fucking with your head uh, with the trope. I got a pretty good one, and that's um, Far Cry Free. Now that's that's a really interesting choice. Do go on. Well, you know, the whole thing with the game is, you know, it's first person shooter. It's got stealth moments. It, you know, it plays to the, the whole idea of, you know, one guy trying to t- take on an, an entire island type thing. And yeah, you work your way through the compounds or whatever, killing all these guys, and you get to the boss part fight, and it doesn't become a uh, shoot off. It turns into a one on one life battle or something of that thing. It becomes more of a a small QTE rather hmm. than anything else. Yeah, I think the only the only one that isn't like that is the big hallucination fight. Hmm. Against the statue, you know. Though the reason I'm really interested you brought up Far Cry 3 is because Far Cry 3, the writer tried to defend the game as a satire uh, right. and tried to claim, because there's some really problematic stuff in Far Cry 3, like you are yeah. the white man saviour of the black tribe who bring yeah. their, their magical voodoo to empower you to save them. Uh, they couldn't do it themselves. So you are their, yeah. their, their messianic god figure. And... and it's led to a really, really interesting interview uh, done on Rock Paper Shotgun. I honestly I can't recommend Rock Paper Shotgun as a website enough. They do proper video game journalism, really interesting articles, really interesting interviews. It's not just press release rewriting. And they got into his trying to defend Far Cry 3 as a satire of the genre. And the interview came down to intent doesn't matter if your satire is indistinguishable from the material it's satirizing. Because he conformed to every trope to point out the reliance on tropes in video game writing. But because he didn't in any way subvert any of it, he didn't or exaggerate any of it beyond what's the norm in video games, it just comes across as a really shit game. (laughs) So, uh, well, a shit story. The actual game mechanics are some of the best in the industry, but the story yeah. Yeah. is really cheesy, stereotypical, trope-ridden bullshit. I'll be honest. That's my take on the game. Um, and, you know, he's trying to defend it, and it just reads like someone who's satirizing what he thinks a video game is, but hasn't played them. Yeah. <laughs> so he hasn't gone far enough and has just made a bad game to try and tell people how bad games are. Hmm. Which is why they got rid of him and made Blood Dragon, because now there's a game that takes every trope up to 11 and actually shows you how <laughs> Sapphire oh, is done. Blood Dragon's an amazing game. <laughs> but yeah, I, I recommend that interview. It's very interesting. And whilst uh, we're on the boss fight, some of the uh, I've got to give a shout out to Mass Effect for the boss fights where you can make it easier for yourself by talking the boss into shooting himself before the fight starts. What? Saren. Yeah, you can do, uh, can't you? Yeah. If you're Paragon or Renegade enough, you can talk him into shooting himself and get rid of the whole first part of the boss fight where you have to fight Saren himself and get it straight yeah. through to Reaper-controlled Saren. So you can get him to shoot himself, but it doesn't take, basically. Yeah, you skip half the boss fight. Awesome. By being or awesomely like, persuasive. Or like the, uh, the the some of the boss fights in uh, Metal Gear Solid. Like yeah. shoot, shooting the end before, like shooting the end just after a cutscene, so that you kill him there and then, and you so don't have to fight him. Just for the boss fight. Yeah, exactly. I could probably fill an entire episode with just the Metal Gear Solid tropes. I think we did that, didn't we? Yeah. Well, we, we didn't even mention the tropes. <laughs> so fucking many of them. <laughs> 
I, I think just the exclamation mark is a trope. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, it's, appeared, it's appeared in other media, hasn't it, since then? It has. It's something that you can um, rely on being well, in the consciousness of the audience. Um, I was actually going to mention... The, the the reason my name in the the chat today is a trope, uh, which comes up in a lot of um, films and and video games. Uh, and I was interested in like if people could think of some good examples of it, uh, which is that uh, it, I don't know if you know of the Five Bad Band. Not off the top of my head. No, it's basically like where no. the the main villain will have a number of um, lieutenants or henchmen, like high-level henchmen, mm. um, usually with like their own very discreet powers or very ramped-up personalities and roles within the team. So you've got the big bad, you know, the, the, the overseer, uh, the dragon, who is like his second-in-command, who's sort of the, the really scary one who does all the damage. So like, if you looked at, say, Star Wars, the emperor would be the big bad and Vader would be the dragon. Okay. Right. Um, you've got the evil genius, so there's usually like a smart guy in the party. The brute, who's the big muscly one, and the dark chick, who is usually sort of in a lot of video games, a lot of comics, a lot of movies, the one girl on the bad guy team, um, who's like the femme fatale sort of character, who sometimes has been given an overly sexy bikini because they want to sell more um, action figures. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we don't know if quite is a is a, a hero or a villain. Yeah, I suppose. But no, it, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. So just wondering if, if like you guys could think of any other like you know the quirky mini boss squad thing. Hmm. I feel like I should. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from the Coopers. The Coopers? Oh yeah. Yeah. In Mario. Um, yeah. Well, you had uh, Bowser at the top. You had King Cooper. Um, did they? Uh, you had I, I can't remember the names. I know Lenny was like the the evil genius because he was the inventor, wasn't he? Hmm. The one with the big, the big glasses. Yes. Uh, Morton was like the brute. He was the big bruiser one. I mean, they were all the same size and all that sort of stuff, but design-wise. So I mean, yeah, that, that's one of the ones. I, that was one of the ones I really liked. This idea that you can sort of see that the roles that villain uh, squads fall into. Mm. Oh, I suppose classically the uh, the bosses, the mini bosses in the new Deus Ex, really fall into that. Yeah, I've I've only played very little of it, but the bits I played were the boss fights, funnily enough. So, and you've definitely yeah. got the bruiser, you've definitely got the dark chick, you've definitely got a dragon in there. Yeah, the dark chick and so on. Um, I'm trying to see a game that I know you've all played, uh, the Arkham Inmates. Yeah, funny enough, the the Arkham Inmates in Arkham Asylum has uh, lists Harley Quinn as the dragon, the uh, the sort of the second in command who gets shit done on the ground. Hmm. Interesting. I suppose she is, because she is specifically the uh, the uh, second in command. Yeah. Uh, Evil genius of Scarecrow. Killer Croc is the brute. Funnily enough, it lists uh, the dark chick as uh, Victor Zsasz. <laughs> oh, poor Zsasz. The dark, chick, the dark chick is also usually the one that goes rogue. Hmm. And That's probably because of player sexuality, which is another trope. Yeah, exactly. Which but is... Zsasz does kind of go rogue and do his own thing in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Whatever the character's preference, it will be the preference for the player. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for Bioshock? Uh, actually, should I do the Bioshock Infinite one? Yeah, go on then. Big Bad. See, I don't know these characters, so I'll have, you'll have to help me out here. Um, Big Bad is Father Zachary Hale Cornstock. Yeah. Comstock, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Comstock. Dragon, yeah. Jeremiah, uh, Dragon is Jeremiah Fink. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Evil genius uh, Rosalind and Robert Lutesse. Lutesse? Oh, very much so, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Are the, they are the best characters, though. <laughs> they are indeed. Yeah. The brute is the songbird. Or they are the best character. Um, so the songbird is the brute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dark chick, mm-hmm. Lady Comstock. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there's a Borderlands one, Jack. All right. The big bad, Baron Flint. Okay. Uh, or do you want me to do the Borderlands 2 one? No, no, you can do Borderlands. I know who they, I know uh, who they Dragon, are. Crom. Yeah. The Brutes, there are three of them. Sledge, Roid Rage, Psycho, and Mad Mel. Yeah. The evil genius, Taylor Cobb. Cobb? Mm, yeah. I suppose. And then it also has uh, like other ones, like uh, the Team Pet, Pinky or Digit. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, they turned up in a lot of video games. They're, I'm literally, I'm just looking at the A to D, so the A to F list. There are quite a lot of these where they turn up. <laughs> a quick trope that always comes up in video games and annoys the piss out of me is yep. the, we've taken all your items away, now you have to get them back. So the Metroid syndrome. Metroid, yep, uh, happens in Half-Life, uh, happens in a lot of RPGs, happens in the occasional Grand, uh, Grand Theft game. Yep. It's it's all over the place. It's just really annoying. <laughs> Metal, Metal Gear make, Metal Gear makes a big point of it. Because Nate can Dryden. And one that's coming up more and more and more, of course, is the morality system. The uh, do you send the kitten to college or I yeah. don't know, do something terrible to the kitten? I forget what the joke was. Uh, the incredibly binary morality decision. Yes. The the. We're going to make this yeah. game subtle and complex and allow you to choose between genocide and or, uh, opening an orphanage. Yeah. Which Bioware are totally guilty of. <laughs> I got a good one uh, for a trope, which is a uh, earn your bad ending. Okay. Which is basically a trope about, say you worked really hard in the game, did, 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 you, you know, you've tried your hardest, and you still get the bad end. Mm. The so, AIDS Odyssey approach. Yeah. <laughs> Or, um, oh, what was the one that I had? Well, Heavy Rain. Yeah. You know? So, 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 you know, first time through, you don't know what you're doing. You could very easily end up with a bad end. Well, there's also an achievement for getting the absolute baddest bad end there is, because that takes yeah. effort. <laughs> yeah. Where it's, don't catch the killer, let your son go, get caught. And do everything right to set it up for the killer's perfect getaway. Yeah. Oh, and or do everything uh, make wrong sure. to set it up for yeah. the killer's perfect getaway. So, is it, so it's kill. It's kill um, everyone else. The detective and the uh, the girl as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It's uh, or to put it in a non-spoilery way, kill everyone who isn't the killer. Yeah, basically. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's a real uh, own the bad end game. That one. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more of a thing now with games to give you multiple endings. Yes, definitely. Although one of my favourite multiple endings is quite an old game these days, and that's KOTOR. Um, yeah. Because the, the light side and the dark side endings are fun, but I love the perfectly neutral ending. Because it was so <laughs> difficult <laughs> to get. Oh, yeah, away. Yep. It was so hard to get, but for those who are unaware, if you manage to finish the game KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, perfectly neutral, uh, then at the end... Uh, the bad guy turns into uh, the bad guy and the good guy turn into Twilic dancing girls and dance forever under the credits. Forever and ever. 
It's very, very strange ending. One man army, probably the classic video game trope. Especially for a lot of yeah. sort of first person shooters and whatnot. And RPGs, I'd argue. Oh, yeah. RPGs, first person shooters, platformers, games. Contra. Yeah. Oh, yes, that notion that you carry 80 different weapons and all the ammo and can take on hundreds of bad guys. Yeah, we know that one. That for stuff like um, Devil May Cry and whatnot then as well. Yeah, Bayonetta. It had been mentioned in the chat room, I had to bring it in. <laughs> Bayonetta is so many yes. tropes though. We don't have that guy anymore. Yeah. Oh, but we have oh, no, I, I'm, I'm the guy who likes Bayonetta. <laughs> yeah, I don't dislike it. Oh, um, fuck you. I'm that, you know about it. I will lock you in with the lovers of Bayonetta when the time for the cull comes, Jack. <laughs> I own it. Jenna bought it for me, but I don't really care. Then you will not be spared my wrath. Nah. Apparently there's an anime. Really? Really? Yeah. I'm amazed. Like, like, I, the, like the Devil May Cry sort of thing. There's an anime adaption on the way. Oh, one thing that's coming as a trope. Speaking of bad end. Yeah. Um... One of the classic examples I can think of is uh, Halo Fall of Reach. All right. The ending where there is no way to win. Ah. Because why not? We we don't, not every movie, not every novel has a happy ending. True. Why must you be able to win a video game? It's like the, the not the ending, but the, the ending to one character arc in, is it Call of Duty Modern Warfare or is it Modern Warfare 2? Um, uh, I, know, I know the moment you mean. Yeah, where the town gets nuked and you're in a helicopter and you're you're valiantly watching the sort of the explosion in the distance and it's like that whole thing of you know watching the explosion from your helicopter and then the shockwave hits your helicopter. You hit the ground. You crash. You start crawling towards a health pack. But you black and out. You first, bleed out. You and bleed then you out. Come and die. to and you can't move apart from a very slow you, crawl. A slow crawl towards like I think it's like some kind of medikit that's crash landed nearby. And you slow crawl towards it, like so agonizingly slowly, and then you bleed out and die alone a thousand miles from home. Yep. And reach yeah. it it takes one trope, which is the the slow loss of everyone you know, you know, as chapter markers. So you start with a squad of people, and then yeah. at the end of each arc, you lose one of them. And mm. it's this slide down to this inevitable defeat which is just you against overwhelming odds and there is no way out and you stand your ground and die, which is a really interesting way to end a game, which is supposed to be these hero fulfillments, you know, uh, wish fulfillments, but you lose. I think that's really interesting. Mm. For the greater good. Not even for the greater good at that point. You're just screwed. It's in the name. It's the fall of Reach. Anyone who's played Halo knows that Reach was lost. So if you're fighting the defense of Reach, you already knew this was not going to end well. Yeah, it's not It's not going to end pretty. But yeah, it brings to video games the notion that not all stories have a happy ending. Yep. Which is, uh, unfortunately, an overly common trope of video games is that every story has a happy ending. <laughs> mm. Well, saying that, Saints Row, the original Saints Row, didn't have a happy ending. I'm not even sure I played the original. Yeah. Basically, you play through the game as, at that point, a almost completely voiceless character. Every now and again, you'd say something. 
but even then it wouldn't be like a full conversation it would be a sentence or a word or something yeah and by the end of the game you know you're in charge and the or you're with Keith David's character Julius um on a boat and he disappears for a minute and then the boat explodes and the credit rolls and it's like wait what just happened why did I just die ah so it's a fairly sort of it's it's a jack ending as we uh affectionately yeah. call them uh-huh and that's why with Six Row Two, you start off in prison in the mo- in the uh, the hospital. That makes sense. And you get to, cu- you get to customize your character again. So yes, it's an ambiguous ending. That's what that is what a jack yeah. ending means for those who are not aware. Yeah, it's 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 my own little. It's my trope. It is. You have a trope. My 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 trope is I don't end things. I just stop. <laughs> um, don't ever wait. It's, it's it's a thing that I got vindicated with in um in in Bacano. Which is a little conversation at the end, which is basically, don't finish the story because the moment you finish, that's the moment that the, the, the story's over. That's the moment you can't go back to the story. I mean, yeah, you could make sequels and all that, but that story is over. And who knows? You might like fall down and break your hands before you write the next story and then you can't write it again. So what happens if you ended it? Let people come to their own conclusions. I'm trying to make people rage quit this, this, uh, explanation. It's like it's the working. ending of Inception. Which I've not seen. You'll like the ending. Good, good. It's a very Jack ending. Hooray! Oh, here's a trope. Towers of Hanoi. Oh my god. Are there no other puzzles that we can use? <laughs> to, 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 to Towers of Hanoi have summed up, like, literal Towers of Hanoi in, in uh, black and white. Yep. Up to hacking uh, mini-games. The Tower of Hanoi sums up, just it's just used for everything. Which makes life really it's easy not, once you know how to solve the Towers of Hanoi. But for those of us who are, I don't good know, puzzle. There's actually, in um, Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, there is an operation, and operations are like raids in World of Warcraft. They are sort of eight or 16-man missions. You all have to work together in harmony uh, against huge boss fights. It takes a long time, usually over an hour, they are a trope in themselves. And one of them, one of the mid-bosses, I think it's the middle boss of one of the original um, raids, dungeons, operations, whatever you want to call it, is a giant robot Towers of Hanoi puzzle, uh, where you have this giant robot wandering back and forth on this conveyor belt, and above it are these blasting furnaces. But the only you to activate it, you have to put all of the ignition keys onto the same console, and they move in a Towers of Hanoi style. So you have to have three oh, players up on a balcony playing Towers of Hanoi, and the rest of the players containing the robot under the correct blasting furnace. It's everywhere. Is there, look, Jack said, is there no other fucking puzzle? What? God damn it. Something about a puddle? Puzzle. Ah. <laughs> puddle. You're you're breaking up like crazy. Not to me. Oh, just to me then. Strange. Well, you're both breaking up to you're both breaking up to me. I would suggest Jack that your uh, Irish that your internet connection is the one that sucks. Maybe. Anyway, you both sound fine to me, Let's and that's okay. Again. So here's a fun trope: Leroy Jenkins. Uh, yes. He's now a trope. Is he? Yep. Yep. The the trope of. 
well, in a raid or an operation or a dungeon, that one character who is too impatient to wait for all the strategy and just runs in and fucks the whole thing for everyone. But I've also seen it done with NPCs in games. Uh, in honor of Leroy Jenkins, you'll have a group of NPCs organizing a strategic uh, move, and then one of them just rushes in anyway and fucks it up for everyone, and usually the player has to then save them. Yep. Yep. Something of that style happens in Kingdoms of Amalur, I think. Can't remember off the top of my head. So yeah, there's quite a few out there in terms of what troop. If there, if you can think of it, there's a troop. Yeah, and I'm actually our video game genres themselves not a troop. What I mean, like FPSs and yeah, the first uh, person shooter, the open world sandbox game, the the dating sim, the the race game, the platformer. They're all tropes. The the the, the gritty, uh, grey chest high wall shooter. Third yeah. Person. Exactly. Gears of War came out, and then there was a new trope: the, the cover-based the, shooter. I mean, even though it came out late on in the in its own trope, the God of War. Yeah, yeah. Which is the Devil May Cry. Mm. Uh, you know, well, I, it was. I, it, I would say that the, uh, God of War really kicked off QTE, at least for console games. Yeah. Mm. I mean, but, I mean, before that there was Shenmue or Shenmue. Mm. Yeah, but that had all the the, the, the button matching. But everyone remembers God of War. An Assassin's Creed yeah. for the the sort of free running third person game. Yep, that's I mean, now a trope. There's Mirror's Is Edge, it? Assassin's Creed, Prince of Persia, Prince of Persia, Prince of Persia. Yeah, but Prince of Persia came out before. See, it's really weird. Is that it doesn't have to be the first of the trope to be named. To, well, to usually sort of the first it. one is an original idea. Oh, it's the one that's inspired by that and then does things so mechanically right based on the first, that it makes it into a trope. You get Prince Persia, and then we remember it as the Assassin's Creed. Mm. You get uh, Devil May Cry, but we remember it as the God of War run around Hacky Slashy. Because the first game sets a standard, and the second game turns it into a trope by relying on the fact everyone has it in their consciousness from the first one. Yeah. So, you know... What the first game was? Hmm. So there's sort of... You think about it, it's a Doom game. It's not a Wolf 3D game. Yeah. Well, I would say, yeah. you know, I would say, I would say the multiplayer douchery for first person shooters would be Quake, or I'd say it came later than Quake. The whole the teabagging, smack talking, Unreal. It, there's sort of, there wasn't voice chat at the time, so mm. it, there it did exist. There was that kind of smack talking, but only at LAN parties, you know, where everyone's in the same room. That's true. And that's a different John kind Romero of smack style. talking. Yeah, John Romero style. That's actually direct <laughs> abuse of each other in person. That's slightly different to teabagging. Yeah, and, and I really associate that with Halo because that's when frat boys bought consoles that played shooters. True, yeah. So that was when it really, where headsets and that was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Console gamers. So, I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. There was already utterly vile smack talk going on in Counter Strike for a long time before that. But oh yeah, <laughs> that was where I feel that it became a trope. Was yeah. in Halo because I mean, Red versus Blue evolved out of that. Yep, that's true. But I, th- 
actually, if you put that, I think it really, really became a thing once Modern Warfare happened. Mm, true enough. Mm. Griefing. Now, there's a trope I could do without. <laughs> no, 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 no. If we didn't have griefing, Sanctioned. we wouldn't have Left for Dead. That's true. Sanctioned griefing is different. Sanctioned griefing. Griefing where it's the point. Yes. And camping. Now, there's Left a trope that started in Quake. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, campers. But these are sort of... Now we're not really talking about tropes of video games, but tropes of video game players. <laughs> which is utterly a thing. I mean, there's a whole section on TV tropes about video game culture tropes. And there are things like being on the side of a console war or being on the side of console versus PC. PC Master Race. Yeah, that kind of thing. PC Gaming Master Race. One of my favourite tropes they've got for video game culture is Lady Not Appearing in This Game, who is the <laughs> the sexy woman that appears in all the commercials of a game on the basis that video gamers are perverts that has nothing to do with the game. Yeah. Sir Not Appearing in This Film. The Lord British Postulate. Which is the trope that if it exists yeah. as a living creature in an MMORPG, someone somewhere will try and kill it. Yep. They will find out that you could, like, one of the rabbits, if you click on it repeatedly, explodes, and they will click on every rabbit. Easter eggs, there's a trope. Easter eggs, yep. Especially, like, the more serious the game, the more chance it has of having a really silly Easter egg. I miss the oh, duck fish. Episode. What, Easter eggs? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is a good episode. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we can't, we can only do that at Easter, though. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna have themed oh, episodes God. for special day, then we kind of. Our yeah. favorite Easter eggs. Yeah. Oh um, I was the one I just thought of trip wise. Uh, come back to me. Let's see what's a trope? Duke Nukem Forever. That's a trope. <laughs> Is that a trope or a joke? It's a trope of um, people are now using it as a descriptive term. It's like Half-Life 3. We've anticipated it for so oh, yeah. long, it's going to turn into Duke Nukem forever. That Duke Nukem, yeah. Which is weird because the first one would have been Chinese democracy. It's Well, it's the video game equivalent of Chinese democracy. Yeah, You could argue that Daikatana was the first video game example. Oh, God, yeah. But that's the thing is you had the Daikatana. Chinese democracy. Yeah. So it's not the second one, but it's the one that sort of, I don't know... It's the one that people remember, because, I mean, at least people remember that uh, Duke Nukem Forever was shit. They certainly do. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think I, I don't think I know anyone who's even mentioned to me what they think of Chinese democracy. I've never heard it. Yeah, exactly. This is my point. I have. I know, I know it did finally come out. It was meh. Oh. It, but even yeah, that's it, not like shit. That's not like Duke Nukem Forever shit. And maybe that's no. why it's not as famous, because Duke Nukem Forever came out and was a steaming pile, and that's worthy of discussion. But it's something yeah. much anticipated comes out after many years and is, eh. That's not even a disappointment. That's just a nothing. Yeah. So why even talk about it? Hence why Daikatana <laughs> and uh, Duke Nukem Forever are remembered. Are worth talking about, because they were legitimately awful. So bad. So, Simon, yes. what's worse, Daikatan or Duke Nukem Forever? That's really hard to say because they are so like, bad. Ob objectively, without knowing anything about the companies or the work that went into them, or the, you know, the hype. Objectively, I would say Duke Nukem, because whilst both games are tediously stereotypical examples of their genre, uh, and yeah. 
chronically lacking in imagination and both fairly technically lacking in proficiency. Duke Nukem is the one that is so very tactless in its misogyny. It's the the terrible, terrible toilet humor, sexual humor. Daikatana at least is just a bad fantasy sci-fi trope mashup. Whereas you don't, you, can, you don't run around with human fecal matter in Daikatana. No, no, you don't. Okay. Did did I just suddenly remind you of that? Yes, you did. Okay, I'm sorry. When I said toilet humor, I I didn't mean the literal toilet humor, but then I remembered that that was the right thing to say. There is literal throwing poop around. Yes, there is, like a chimp. Yeah. So yeah, Duke is the worst. Okay, fair enough. Because at least Daikatana. Wow had some interesting ideas in it for its time. It was ambitious. It sort of... Daikatana is shit because it had too much ambition for its day. Duke Nukem is shit because it doesn't seem to have had any ambition. That was weird. What was weird? Did you just unplug and plug back in your microphone? Yeah, it was acting strangely. Ah. Well, briefly, I was hearing from your internal microphone and that made a lot of noise. Did it? Yes, but never mind. Have we lost Jack Why? again? There's nothing going on. What no, no, I'm still here. Oh, you are still there. Oh, phew. <laughs> no, I'm still here. So, yeah. Um, what else have we got to mention on tropes? Are they... Right, here's the thing. Right? Tropes. Good or bad? As, not, like, not like a sort of flat thing, but do you think that games should work to sort of get away from tropes? Or do you think they are useful tools? I think that depends heavily on the trope. And and how it's used. And how it's used. Okay. So, and, you know, we talked earlier about Saints Row and subverting the boss fight. That's using a yeah. trope to good effect. If you're using a trope as a, a lazy way to put together a video game, then that's kind of awful writing. If you're subverting tropes, if you're using them in interesting ways, that can be really good. And some tropes... For example... Blood for Dragon. A, Blood Dragon is a great example. It is definitely tropey, but it's done yeah. in a very knowing, affectionate, satirical way. Okay. Uh, Tomb Raider uses tropes and subverts them in interesting ways by ha- having a female heroine uh, playing through some very traditionally male tropes, which I quite like, and introducing yeah. some tropes, like we were talking about from The Descent, The Rebirth of Blood, yeah. Uh, in very effective ways. These are good uses of tropes. Often when you're bringing something across from another genre, from another media, that works nicely. But then there are tropes like fridging, uh, which are awful tropes and should be avoided because they are bordering on the cliche. Yeah. So it is basically down to that it's, there's, it's not whether the trope is good or bad. It's how you use it and what you do with it. Exactly. Like there's nothing necessarily wrong with using really, really tropey character archetypes like the, the glass knife or the caster. Um, yeah. Especially if you present them in new and interesting ways. Uh, you look at Mass Effect, you've got a glass knife, you've got the Vanguard who doesn't wear yeah. heavy armor, rushes in, gets up close and does horrific melee damage but needs to be able to hit and run. Uh, you've got a caster, the Sentinel, the invisible power user. Yeah. And, and you've got the soldier. These are very tropey character archetypes, but they're just defining your role in combat. They're not the be-all and end-all of the character. Yeah. Cool. I like, I like that as an answer. And there is an interesting question in the chat as well. Uh, what are some tropes of World 1 Stage 1? <laughs> and I, I, 
I don't know if we have tropes so much as we have, like, I don't know, recurring jokes or... Uh... Oh, I think we have tropes. I think we have um, episodes going out a week late. That's a trope. Um, yeah. The uh, cast members not being here. That's definitely a trope. Uh, uh, the, like, these are more... So, yeah, well, I mean, that's more like they're recurring jokes, I guess. Missing weeks without explanation or warning. Missing years without explanation or warning. Yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> uh, the path being the greatest game ever. That is a trope. It comes and up me a lot. Getting that. Uh, yeah. The bumper. The bumper. Right there is there. That's a trope. The bumper. Closing an episode with co-hosts singing the theme music just before the real theme music starts. <laughs> the wrong theme music. <laughs> usually, Simon, usually. Simon not being a Viking is a better trope. Actually, funny enough, ep- the, the thing about episodes being re-recorded multiple times. Have we ever re-recorded an episode? Uh, yeah, didn't we re-record Half-Life? Because we lost the original. That was like... Elder Scrolls four times. years ago? But it has happened. I wouldn't say it's happened often enough to be a trope, but it has happened. I think in our entire, like, 53 episode? In the many episodes we've done, I think we've we've re-recorded two. Episode 50 will be elite. That was a trope for a while. Episode fifty will be elite. Is is it was uh, a a trope? There will be a Final Fantasy episode. That's a trope. That's a trope. Funny enough, <laughs> I can actually now use I can actually now use the episode fifty will be elite trope because episode seventy five will be the path. Yep, that's the replacement trope. That's using the that trope. My, no, no, that is my, that is that is my episode fifty will be elite. Yes. So we could just call it the elite. Mm. So you can just sit there every episode. And go, elite. Moving on. Yes, <laughs> the path, yeah. the path. Uh, Jen, Jenna up? texting me is certainly coming through. <laughs> yep. Um, the end. I was going to say the end of year roundup. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and indeed, the, the forthcoming year it goes along with it. The the talking over the welcome. Yes, that is a trope. Yes, it is. It's not one that always gets released, but it happens every week. Oh, do people not see that one? No, because I keep editing out the bad ones because you fuck them up. Oh God damn it! So it's a pointless <laughs> trope. Stop doing it. Or it's just a treat for those listening live. The mic is 12. Well, or 13. We do occasionally upgrade him. Yep. Mike is not here. That is also a trope. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't think we can call Jack falling asleep a trope because it did only happen the once. And we can call it a classic moment. Yeah. Uh, I've done it in for me. Bayonetta certainly was a trope for a time. It's less so now. Yeah. Moira, yeah. is still, Moira is still a trope because we love Moira. I don't. Yeah, but you're wrong. Neither does Mike. Yeah, but Mike's not here. So congratulations, you just lumped yourself in with the guy that isn't here and is twelve. <laughs> I fear you and your army. <laughs> your absent child army. <laughs> Coney twenty twelve. <laughs> Let's not uh, turn that into a trope. So terrible. I mean, it is a trope, just, but let's not bring it back. Just this idea. Now, again, you're making me think. You're turning uh, T-shirts I want to make into a trope. <laughs> just, just Irish 2012. <laughs> just, just, just Irish's face with the hat and everything, and just tough on Moira, tough on the causes of Moira. I'd be tough on Moira. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, with your mole rat stick. <laughs> I'm lost for words. <laughs> With your mole rat stick in her minefield. My podcasting voice. That's a trope. Yeah, because this isn't your voice. Zedler. This is totally my voice. 
It's not your fault. Well, sure I uh, um, I've got to admit, I can't tell the difference between your normal speaking voice and your podcast voice. That's because there is no difference. It's just a trope but, that there is a difference. But your podcast voice is a trope. Yes. See what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. The it is a trope. Oh, it's not a thing, but it is a trope. Because there is an expectation in the audience's mind that this is my podcasting voice. Largely because yeah. of Zoe. Largely she has created that trope. I don't know how I'd be able to do a Legend of Zedler shirt without just looking like I'd made a fan-made shirt and fucked up. Well, to be honest, that would be the perfect insinuation for us. Yeah. Do you know, do you know we tried to, to be a fan and fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> I what think the Zedler, is... Zedler shit would just be me zipping past on, like, three separate hook shots. We'd have to have a Triforce that didn't quite fit together. Like, one of the triangles was the wrong size. Or one of the triangles, it's just two triangles on one side of really, the other. You need a really special-looking Jack dressed as Link. Yeah, killing a Goron. Jack Rage is a very rarely used trope. I only occasionally get angry at things. Troy Rage was an incredibly uh, common trope. Uh, and, and it's something that we've, we've not managed to bring back the rage troops much since he left because yeah. none of us are that angry. Oh, oh shit! We we haven't gotten to things that I'm angry about. I just thought of one that we What's haven't that used in a while. What's that? Steam. 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 Oh my god! Steam. That is totally a trope. And you're right. We haven't done it enough recently. That's true. And why not? Because Steam has been really interesting this week. Indeed. Has it? Yes. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god, Valve! Oh my god, Valve! They've announced Steam OS. SteamOS. Their own operating system. And it's free. It is. It's like Linux. It's freely distributable. Yay. Which makes sense because it's it's a shop. Of course they want as many people as possible to access it. Well, yeah. But that's not their only announcement this week. It's not. They're making three, aren't they? They are making three. That was just the first one. Now but, but Simon, I thought making three of anything was not how Valve did business. And that's why it's <laughs> exciting, because what if the third announcement is the announcement of the third one? Half-Life 3 confirmed. Yeah. Because, let's face it, one of the announcements will be a Steam box, the hardware. I, it we, fucking well better be. We, we all want it to be, because we all want to buy one. It's, uh, and, yeah, because now is exactly the right time, because ain't no one going to buy a motherfucking X-Bone or a PS4. No, it's exactly the right time, because everyone hates how DRM-restrictive those consoles have become. Gabe said when Windows 8 came out, it was a terrible idea for the future of gaming. So he's he's said Windows gaming ain't the way to go. A lot of people don't want to go the way of the current consoles. He is bringing us the third way. Uh I know Richard Smith of simplysyndicated.com has said that his console of choice in the next generation will be the non-existent Steambox. But now it'll be the existent Steambox, so will he still support it? We certainly hope so. Because, um, yep. yeah, it's got to be the announcement of the box. It's just got to be. Please. And yep, it'll be, so, uh, Steamos, the box, and Dota 3. Ricochet 2. <laughs> Ricochet 2 confirmed! It'll be the announcement of the Scottish play. Team Fortress 3. Probably, actually. No, because Team Fortress 2 is now an ongoing, self-sustaining, hat-based economy. Can you just imagine just going back to when our, our first couple of episodes when Team Fortress 2 had just come out, right? Or was just being talked about? <laughs> yeah. And just saying, I remember talking and about saying the words. Anticipating is it. 
we, we were anticipating it, right? And I remember you talking about how much you hated it originally, and then you realized about the whole yeah. silhouettes and all that. Yep. Now imagine telling your younger self the phrase <laughs> ongoing self-sustaining hat-based economy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that Valve hired an economist to actually do the numbers on the hats to work it, out if it was more profitable to sell the game or make it go free and base its income on hats alone. Steam, the they made musical. the right choice. <laughs> they really did. Because there, there are members of the community who have designed hats and sold them through Steam because you can submit your own in a sort of Steamworks type way. Uh, yeah. who have made more money by selling directly through Team Fortress 2 than the guys who worked on Team Fortress 2 made from it. <laughs> Fucking hats, man. Hats. That's crazy. Hats. Although uh, Valve have also made another great decision recently as well. They've made a pretty awful decision, which is to bring hats to Counter-Strike Go, which has pissed me off. Oh, up. shit. But, oh, that's that's a downward slope. Yeah. But they have they have also allowed Gabe to grow a beard. I don't think anyone allows Gabe to do anything. I think Gabe just does whatever the hell he wants. Motherfucker, you don't stop a man with an anvil. No, you definitely do not. Um, Although, no, an anvil is quite a good thing to stop a man with. That is true. But I've now seen photos of him where he's now got a beard, and I'm like, yes, I didn't realise that's what that man needed, but he needed a beard. Gabe looks so much less scary with a beard. Gabe never looked scary. He looks like a cuddly grand... Uh, well, uncle... Yeah, but now he looks sort of cuddly grandfatherly. True, true. He now does he look like grandfather. He, he looks a little bit like Santa. I was supposed to say, he looks like Father Christmas, and he does bring us games at Christmas. He does. And you never see them in the same room together. Half-Life 3 confirmed! <laughs> I mean, Gabe is Santa confirmed. So yes, uh, we just... that Proving that Steam is a trope. We just kind of uh, segued into it there for a bit. Rambled about Steam. <laughs> yeah. The segue... Yes, yes. Wild like tangents, that's a trope of World 1 Stage 1. Wild tangents, uh, random shit. The crap. The crap. The, uh, the, the segue is fast becoming a trope. Three listeners. Three listeners. Didn't we kind of steal that trope? Uh, a little bit. From WrestleCrap. Yeah. But they're not going anymore. So it's ours now. It's ours now. <laughs> We've been doing this longer than so many other podcasts, but not done as many episodes as half of them. We're winning through war of attrition. Yes, and through lack of effort expended on our Go own team. part. Um, eating on air. Yep. Oh, that is... Not so much anymore. Yep, that's true. The the source of that has also gone. Drunk podcasting. <laughs> that still happens, occasionally. Yep. Mostly with Mike. Yep. Professionalism. We don't have a draw monkey anymore. Hmm? We don't have a draw monkey anymore. I think Kip still listens and would draw a monkey for us if we asked her. Yay! Kip, are you out there? Will you draw a monkey for us? How does blank drink taste? What? 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 How does drink taste? What? Never mind. I thought that might have been a trope once upon a time. It came up in the chat thing. Never mind. Then who is driving? Oh, what? No. Bear is driving. How can this be? Professionalism, that's a trope. Oh shit, you know what this is doing? This is becoming. This is fucking becoming number wang. <laughs> That's number wang. That is number wang. Uh, so, having reached number wang, we can stop. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, discussing uh, what we're going to do next episode on air. That's a trope. Yeah, let's do that now, shall we? Segway. That's not a segway. Oh, 
it will be if we say discussing what we're going to do next episode is a trope and then we start discussing what we're going to do next episode there we go that's, that's what i was looking for i was trying to do the segue before we claimed the segue yeah that's what i said i said that's a segue yeah but we hadn't segued yet oh okay now we have what should we do next week there's the segue uh, yay the segue are we going to now become su- like supremely aware of our own tropes? Yes, but we always, re- are always we all were. Just gonna I always Abed- was. Are we all just going to become Abed Nadir? That's nothing wrong with that. Well. Well? Well, what's uh, the next episode? Um, I don't know, shut your face. Do we want to do a game? <laughs> no, no why would we want to do that? No, it's like, do we want to do a game or do we want to do another? I did want to ask you guys uh, a favor or potential idea or not, not for an episode, but uh, as an idea. Um, because one of the other podcasts I listen to, I know I'm like taking, not taking ideas, but getting inspiration from other podcasts. So I feel like I'm cheating on you guys. Um, the, the whole, a lot of places doing it, the 24 hour gaming for charity thing. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Would you guys be amenable for doing something like that in future when we can organize us to all have 24 hours away from places of work? Yes, I've wanted us to do that as World 1 Stage 1 for a while now. Yes. And then we we can also upload them as well once they're up and about, but just do a 24-hour live streaming of us gaming. Absolutely. For charity. For charity. For charity. Well, Um, if I can arrange a place of my own... Then you are welcome yeah. to housewarming it uh, with 24 hours of gaming. Cool. For charity. For charity. That sounds awesome. Because we do uh, a lot for charity, but we don't like to talk about it. People who are listening to this should totally check out, uh, check out Sick Kids Safe Point, which is the uh, Attitude Era podcast's uh, uh, 24-hour gaming session for charity. Plug. It is plug. Received. Yay. Awesome. All right. Game um, music. Game music. Game music. So that's three votes for game music. Game music. That sounds like four votes. uh, Because I could like go back and get all the essays and uh, reviews I wrote of Akira Yamioka for the old website. Well, that's four votes. I'm outvoted. Well, what was your suggestion? I have no suggestion. Uh Aha. So I'm I'm very outvoted. So game music. Game music. Then I'm totally okay with this. Six votes. It's unanimous. It's beyond unanimous. It's doubly unanimous. It's suspicious. Well, there we go, then. We <laughs> have our topic. <laughs> uh, it's like a Zimbabwean election. <laughs> so until then, I have been Simon. I have been Jack. And I have been Irish. Goodbye. And pray for him, gentlemen, because when you next hear his, his sweet, dulcet tones, he will be a married man. <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>